Jake, I'm getting worried. My house hunt's taking longer than expected. We've made so many offers and keep losing out. You could really use the JAG Advantage. What's the JAG Advantage? The Jim Allen Group, number one real estate team in the state since 1996 with the largest inventory of home sites in the Triangle, 11,000. And they rep more than 65 communities. The Jim Allen Group? Oh, I get it. The JAG Advantage. Score with the Jim Allen Group at thejagadvantage.com. Equal housing opportunity. We do a top five, bottom five every week. We try to make it fun. This week, we're actually not going all the way to the bottom five to spare Panthers fans of hearing woes of their 0 and 6 team. I'll tell them that when I go see them this Sunday. <laughs> exactly. You, you are consistently in our bottom five Panthers. And they've been number 32 for a while now. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're going to do 27 through 31 as opposed to 28 through 32. Uh, but our friend Ryan McGee from ESPN.com does a bottom 10 of college football. It's not really a poll, uh, but it is a great, funny, hysterically funny opinion piece. Uh, and the headline, I don't even know if Ryan writes the headline, but I kind of feel like this one he might have. Uh, nothing beats a North Carolina fall. <laughs> My gosh, Ryan McGee, you had me right there. I laughed. I didn't even read it yet. I cackled like crazy just reading that. Did you write that headline? I did. I did it in conjunction <laughs> with my, my great editor, Mary Ulmer, who I worked with for years at ESPN and, uh, she and I were kind of brainstorming around and we literally blurted it out almost simultaneously. So, cause I had written, I had written. So, so for folks that don't know, and, and judging from the reaction out of Chapel Hill, a lot of people don't, uh, the, the coveted fifth spot in the bottom 10 is not the fifth worst team in the country, right? But it is a team that had a terrible weekend. So, I mean, USC has been in it this year. My, my <laughs> alma mater, Tennessee has been in it this year. I mean, there have been some amazing, uh, schools, uh, Notre Dame has been in there this year. So, so it's good company. It's a team that is supposed to be really good and should have won a game. And then they did not, or they stumped their toe in, in a big game or whatever. And that's why Carolina's in there. But yeah, I had written the whole thing about, you know, I'm a native North Carolinian and there's just certain things you can count on. And I've enjoyed, you know, as a native North Carolinian barbecue, uh, <laughs> you know, shagging the Carolina beach music. And I said, and you could always count on, you know, North Carolina having a great team that does not win a conference championship because the last time, as you know, and I know you discussed <laughs> this week, the last time that North Carolina won a conference championship, Lawrence Taylor was a co-captain on the team. So it's been a minute. And uh, I, I was living in Raleigh as a kid back then. And so I, it's been a minute. And this is just, this is what they do. It's why Mac Brown left there the first go around because there was a ceiling and he wanted to go somewhere where he didn't feel like he had that. And so, uh, just when you thought that they had it in cruise control, um, and I had just—I I do the the College Game Day podcast yeah. this week with Reese Davis and Pete Thamel. I told those guys a couple weeks ago, why is no one talking about North Carolina? I had seen them in the South Carolina game. I'm like they're really good. Yep. And um, you know, because uh, everybody knew they're probably going to do this. <laughs> you know, it's funny because last week for me was spent telling North Carolina fans it's okay to dream, yeah. right? I honestly yeah. didn't believe that Virginia, and this this is all credit to Victoria. I think it's so brilliant. Virginia was the Lego piece on the floor that you step on that you didn't see. Okay. Um, right? That just brilliant way of thinking about it. Yeah. Uh, I thought next week at this week upcoming at Georgia Tech, 
because Carolina has traditionally struggled, especially lately with Georgia Tech. They lost the game last year. Uh, basically, their first conference loss was against the Yellow Jackets. Uh, I thought this one would be the the hurdle that they needed to get over before their closing stretch home against Duke uh, at Clemson and at NC State. I thought that one, the, the Georgia Tech game, I thought that would be the problem. But this one, I mean, it's it's almost chef's kiss on brand for North Carolina. But why? Why for for yeah? There was, and they should have won it. I mean, they had plenty no. of opportunities to. One like Virginia just, uh, you know, owned the game. I mean, Carolina just kind of let them hang around, and then all of a sudden, it's like it's like you know, a one versus a sixteen in a basketball tournament. Well, it's funny that you even bring that up because I actually, again, Reese Davis and I were talking about this on the the College Game Day podcast Monday. Reese knows I'm a native North Carolinian, and so Reese, you know, so the way that deal works is Reese and Pete are already doing the show, and then I kind of jump in on Zoom halfway through the show, and I always hear whatever they're talking about. And Reese was just going off on North Carolina. <laughs> like, this is, how could they do this? And then they brought me in. I go, how could they do this? It's what they always do. And it's just, it is what it is, and the numbers are what they are. But, yeah, it is Chef's Kiss. But, you know, if you know the history of Virginia and North Carolina in football, right. and I, I've told the story many times, my, my first sideline credentials in my life were a huge game between North Carolina and Virginia in 1983, I mean, I was a pre-teen, and my dad got me a, a, a sideline pass. He was officiating in the game, and that's the day I decided I want to do this for a living. I'm like, everybody on this sideline is getting paid to be here today. How, how do you do, get to do this when you grow up? And so that was the day that changed my life. But, but even that game, I mean, I mean, the history of that series, we all know how old the series is. Yeah. But there's, there's been some amazing games in that series, and a lot of this, a lot of Virginia – you know, contending for a title and losing to a bad North Carolina team. And obviously, as we just saw, vice versa. And then the flip side of that, too, is is that as painful as it is for, for probably most of the people hearing our voice right now where we are, man, that was big for Virginia. I mean, those those guys deserve this. Uh-huh. You know, everything they've been through right. off the field, um, you know, obviously I saw them week one. Um, I was actually at the Virginia-North Carolina or Virginia-Tennessee game, jumped on a plane, went back to Charlotte for the North Carolina-South Carolina game that night. And um, and just them, what it has taken for them just to get back onto a football field. Right. And then they, they had their first win of the year a few weeks ago. But to get this win against a ranked team, I mean, th- this team will be forever remembered uh, in Charlottesville, and they should be. Yeah, and I, I think one of the guys that scored a late touchdown for Virginia was wounded, right, in that yep. – uh, yep. Uh, in that incident in uh, Charlotte. Just, I mean, yeah, what they have gone through on a human level, I think everybody, even the, the biggest Tar Heel fan, on a human level, you can understand uh, how cathartic that must be, how that must feel to finally break through and win a game because obviously they have had a very tough season. You do point out, and we'll talk about ECU before we get out of here, East Carolina is also here, deserved, deservedly so. Oh. Uh, actually, Mike Houston is going to be on with us today. Uh, he has been going through it this year. If you go back and you look at East Carolina's uh, games, in almost every game, if they make one play, it changes yeah. the course of the game and they might win it. Like, I mean, not that they were ever going to beat Michigan, but early in that game it was tight and they had the ball at midfield and uh, they, I think they went for it on fourth down. If they get it, uh, maybe the drive keeps going. But no, man, they have, uh, you know, to <laughs> they were no good. Against uh, against Charlotte, Ryan McGee is joining us here on the Adam Gold Show. Uh, so you also do that show with Marty uh, with um, uh, Marty 
Marty Smith on SEC Network. I, I know it's it's uh, comes out on the radio as well. It's a brilliantly done show, and you guys are a blast to listen to. I've spoken to you about it, spoken to Marty about it as well. Um, is what is the SEC beyond Georgia this year? Adam Golden Studio with my man, Coach Pete DeRuta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. You have a 401k, but you're changing jobs. You're taking that 401k with you. Next step. Well, a lot of people leave it behind, which is not a good thing. I mean, if you're not at the company anymore, your 401k shouldn't either. And that's when it's time for my 401k survival Oh, oh look box at that. Set. You see it right here. I've got workbooks, <laughs> guidebooks, DVDs in here that explain everything about your 401k. More importantly, how to build a lifetime income. It's a $300 value. I'm also going to give you a total retirement plan, which is a $1,000 value for the next 18 of you who call right now. No cost or obligation. Call. 888-843-0013 or text Adam to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. Well, I, I think if you'd asked that three weeks ago, I'd have told you a complete hot mess. Um, but now, they have. everyone has made the mistake of giving, giving Alabama time to get their act together. Because I, I just saw Alabama in person against Tennessee, and they're really good. And, and now... You know, Jalen Milrow, their quarterback, who was cocky and decided, didn't think the program could do it without him five weeks ago and was benched. And he was benched on purpose. And the the attitude reset that he's had, you're talking about Marty. Marty just spent uh, the week before the Tennessee game, Marty went down there and spent the whole day with Jalen Milrow. And he right. called me and he goes, man, this guy's a different kid than he was at the start of the season. So Alabama's really good. Um, LSU is really good. I think Jaden Daniels at LSU is the best court, best best player in the country. All due respect, they're one out of the Pac-12 mm-hmm. and all that. I just I think he's really really good, and they play Alabama in two weeks. Ole Miss, who learned that Alabama was getting their act together, they're really good. I mean, you know, Tennessee's lost two games, and they're really good. I think Florida's good. So I, I think that it's that everyone is much better than they were um, a month ago. And I, again, I, but I think the mistake they made was they left the door open for Alabama to get their act together and now they look really really good and um but you know george is good there's a great story on espn.com today that mark slaybaugh who lives in athens mm-hmm. born and raised there he wrote this great story today about you know what do you do without brock bowers on offense if you're georgia and the reality is they had a, they had they had vanderbilt and then they had a bye week so they've had time to kind of figure it out and it's uh it's it's going to be really interesting in november in that conference because i think there is the potential uh, for a mess, but um, I think they'll still end up with an undefeated or a one-loss team as a champion, which will be enough to get in the playoff. So, can the SEC get two teams into the playoff? But not this year. I, I, mean, I don't think. I mean, they could. They absolutely could. Listen, the ACC, as we see, is in the process of cannibalizing itself. <laughs> you know, the Pac-12, if the Pac-12 had done, had Septembers like they've just had, uh, five years ago, they'd still be the Pac-12 next year. Right. But the reality is, you look at that schedule, it, there's a lot of that right, playing each other. And so it's going to be really, really difficult for anyone to come out of these leagues undefeated. Um, you know, I, I, we're talking about Carolina. I, Carolina's still really good. Drake May is still really good. They could beat Florida State here in Charlotte where mm-hmm. I live in the summer. They could. And so the, that's a long way of saying, yes, it is a mathematical possibility that the SEC could get two teams in. Um, but I believe that uh, their chances would be better if it was Georgia with the loss and Alabama undefeated going into December than the way it is right now. Yeah, I, if, if Florida State does what they're supposed to do, um, then we'll get to the ACC championship game and Florida State will be playing for their spot. 
uh, in the Final Four of football. Uh, packed, uh, the Big Twelve, will, Big Ten, rather, will likely uh, weed itself out before we even get to the conference championship game uh, because the three best teams are all on one side. Penn State's already lost to Ohio State. So Ohio yeah, State, Michigan. Their conference play has just started. Michigan has has literally played no one. I agree. They played no one. That's why. That's why I don't. I'm not putting JJ McCarthy on my Heisman ballot right now. That's why I'm not. I don't have Michigan in the playoff right now. They have to play someone, and now they're going to. And so, yeah, these things will all start taking care of themselves. But uh, as you know, and I'm not just saying this because I will host a show on the SEC Network on Saturday. It all usually works out in the SEC's favor. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see how it all lands by the time we get there. Before we uh, let Ryan McGee go, do you think Jim Harbaugh had somebody electronically scout Rutgers? <laughs> yeah. It was, that's my, my question is if you've had this scout going, like they had clearly, the evidence says now, due to the work of Pete Thamel, we know, they had someone in the stands watching TCU. Uh, yeah. I, I, I believe I'd have done a better job. You know, you got the guy buying tickets and you got him getting scouts. But, um, but I look at the way they performed in some of these games. I'm like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure those scouts were worth the 200 bucks you paid on uh, on StubHub to get them in the game. I mean, uh, they were at Tennessee. They scouted a couple of Tennessee games, right? Yeah, uh, sure. According to stuff I've read. I mean, in a in a serious moment, to me, this is way worse than than any of the recruiting violations we see. Yeah. Because this speaks to the integrity of the competition. It's flat out cheating the competition. And I don't know what the NCAA could do, but if I had the goods, I would throw them. I would just, here, Michigan, this is what we have. And and let Michigan deal with that because, uh, to me, I think it's the worst thing you could possibly have. Well, the problem is, is if this was isolated, that'd be one thing. But Jim Harbaugh was just suspended. And so that's the problem. The problem is where you where do you wander into the question of institutional control, and um and, and wanton cheating. You know when you thumb your nose at them, uh, that's the quickest way for them to keep coming back on your campus. And, and the rule is you keep them off campus. Once you let them on campus, they're gonna find something. And so uh, it's just that's the part of it that 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 the that there's an arrogance level to it that whether it's Harbaugh, whether it's the people that he hired, he's the CEO. And uh, yeah, I'm with you. I, I think there's going to be trouble at some point. Um, I don't know if it'll happen this year, but it's certainly going to happen at some point. Uh, and by then, he'll probably be back in the National Football League because yeah, he's done a great the Niners, yeah, right? Exactly. He's yeah. done a great job with Michigan, and uh, their their season starts right after Thanksgiving when they play Ohio State. Uh, Ryan, Ryan McGee from ESPN.com. I appreciate your time, man. Uh, thanks for doing this. Of, you got it. Uh, yeah, I, yes, sir. Thank you. You got it, Ryan McGee. Jake, I'm getting worried. My house hunt's taking longer than expected. We've made so many offers and keep losing out. You could really use the JAG Advantage. What's the JAG Advantage? The Jim Allen Group, number one real estate team in the state since 1996 with the largest inventory of home sites in the Triangle, 11,000. And they rep more than 65 communities. The Jim Allen Group? Oh, I get it. The JAG Advantage. Score with the Jim Allen Group at thejagadvantage.com. Equal housing opportunity.